T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. a good idea have a point it makes it so much more interesting for the listener welcome to at your service brad young in with you this evening until 10 o'clock hey thanks for staying up late with us here on camo x we have a lot of fun here on at your service and i'm glad you are with us and as always if you uh if you want to listen other than just driving around your car you know the best way to do that the best and the easiest way it's just to download the Odyssey app from the uh, from your app store. It's easy, it's free, and you can take uh, Camo X with you on the go. I think I mentioned last week when I went on vacation uh, in June, or actually in early July, I went to Europe. I was listening to Camo X there. It was great. It was easy, it was free, and it works obviously everywhere. So download the uh, Odyssey app, and you can also even listen to other podcasts, catch earlier shows. It's fantastic. So make sure that you check that out. Today is, I, I got to tell you, I, uh, I I went back in time a little bit today because I saw that it was Billy Ray Cyrus's birthday. Now, I don't know that anybody under the age of 45 even, do you, Matt Pajeski, do you even know who Billy Ray Cyrus is? I know who he is, but not for the reason that you think I know him. I know him as he was the dad on a kid's show, Hannah Montana. Oh, yeah. He, but he you played know, the dad, yeah. But he, he was really uh, Miley Cyrus's dad. Right, yeah, yeah. So he played her dad on the show. He was her dad in real life. Uh, but I think when I was in, when I was in college, I think, uh, he was rocking the mullet in the 80s. Uh, he, he was really rocking that mullet haircut. And uh, he turns 61 years old today. So, uh, you know, let your hair grow out. Grow a mullet just in honor of uh, of Billy Ray Cyrus. Also on this day today, Ted Kennedy. He uh, he died on this day. No, he did not have a mullet. Uh, he, he died on this day in 2009. Here's what's interesting to me. Uh, he He was the man that so many people hoped would... And really, had prayed to be the next president. He ran against Jimmy Carter, which was kind of unheard of to try to run in a in a uh, in a primary against a sitting president. But he did it, and actually, uh, he did pretty well in the primary. Of course, that was the year that uh, Carter got slaughtered by uh, Ronald Reagan. But uh, but he was only seventy seven years old when he died. Now, at the time, it seemed like he was kind of an old guy when he died. But now he's he, he's two years younger than our current president, President Biden. 
So, uh, yeah, Ted Kennedy, maybe he uh, he should have uh, ran for president again. Uh, of course, uh, he was uh, he was not like his brother. He was not like his brother, President uh, John F. Kennedy, who I think today would be a Republican. Uh, think about it. John F. Kennedy, when he was elected, he ran on a campaign of lowering taxes and building up our military defenses uh, against the Soviet Union. I mean, if you did that today, you're a Republican. So uh, there you go. Ted Kennedy died on this day in 2009. Uh, speaking of President Biden, and we're, we're going to dive into this topic uh, in the 835 and uh, after we come out of the 830 break, we're going to dive into this topic a lot deeper. But yesterday, President Biden announced the cancellation of $10,000 in student debt. So it's actually, if you've got one of those Pell Grants, uh, it's actually $20,000, which is amazing. But he's just decided to unilaterally cancel $10,000 in student debt. Now, there's 8 million reasons why that's a bad idea. And we will certainly dive into that in more detail. But as I was thinking about this today, it occurred to me that, well, if if Biden is just wanting to cancel debt, if he's just... He's just all worked up about debt cancellation. Well, what are some other debt cancellation things that he could do? I mean, we'd, why stop it? Why stop at student loans? Okay, if you're just gonna wave your magic president wand and cancel debt right and left, what are some other things? So, I did. I did think of some. How about waiving all of the casino debt? So. The, the argument goes, if you, we eliminate student loan debt so people have more money to spend on other things, well, how about all the people that lose tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting at the slot machines at casinos? Hey, let's just eliminate all that debt. And look how much more money that would give them to blow at the casino. You know, I don't think they're in there playing back rat like James Bond at Monte Carlo. You know, they're plugging quarters into the slot machine. Let's just eliminate it. Just get rid of it. They'd have a lot more money to spend at the casino. Uh, but here's an idea that I think all Americans can embrace, that w- whatever you still owe on your iPhone, let's just eliminate that debt. Because when you signed up for your iPhone, I know this is the case when I bought mine, you get like 72 payments of $100 a piece. And if uh, if the president can just wave his magic debt wand and make it go away, let's eliminate that. Because anytime you go and upgrade your phone, they tell you you owe like more money on the phone than what the purchase price was. I don't even know how that works. I'm not too bad with math, but I still don't understand that math. Here's another thing. Let's just eliminate, cancel the national debt of Ukraine. We can just call it, well, it's for democracy. Just we're going to eliminate their national debt. Or uh, I've got two more ideas. And then, of course, you'll be spared because we'll have to go to a, a commercial break. But uh how about the $12,000 you lost last year in Bitcoin? Uh, I, I, I know some people who have who've lost a lot of money in Bitcoin this year, and uh, they would certainly be in favor of it. But finally, how about that $458,000 hospital bill that you have just because you went to the hospital to get your temperature checked? Just have Biden just eliminate that. Wipe it off the books. Why not while you're already at it? Uh, Later in the show, again, we're going to dive further into this uh, debt forgiveness debacle. But coming up after the break, we're going to go to a break right now. And coming up after that, we're going to look at what changes 
Facebook is making as we start the final stretch into the midterm elections. Brad Young this evening sitting in here on At Your Service on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Y'all remember the 2016 election? After that election, there were a lot of folks on the left who were alleging that misinformation on Facebook led to Hillary Clinton's defeat in her bid for the presidency. Now, during the years that followed, there's been a growing concern about too much censorship on social media platforms, but also a lot more misinformation, not even subjective, but objective misinformation is out there, and it's a problem. So now that the midterm elections are just over two months away, how is Facebook gearing up for the election in terms of monitoring or even censoring content? How are they doing that? So joining us this evening to break this down is political analyst Anthony Russo. He's actually a St. Louis native who now lives in Texas. I don't I don't know why you'd ever want to move to Texas from St. Louis, but you did. And uh, he's also the host of the new podcast, Blunt Force Discussion. And this guy's talented. He's even a clothing designer, founder of the hashtag Be The Change Clothing, Anthony Russo. Thanks so much for joining us this evening on Camo X. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? It's great to talk to you. You know, it's funny. We were swapping emails for this interview and, and found out that we grew up very close together. I mean, I, my house is not a, a stone's throw away, and my law office is real close to where I believe it was your your mom or your dad was working. So it's truly yeah, a small world. Right <clears throat> yeah, very. And are you going to sing like you did in the email or no? You know, uh, uh, the only <laughs> I get requests when I sing, but the only request I get is to stop singing. So uh, no, yeah, I. You and I, I, I I will not be I will not be doing that. But, hey, thanks for making time for us tonight. Uh, the, the Facebook parent company, Meta, they announced a plan this week to combat election meddling. What, what was that announcement? Yeah, so they they came out and said that they are going to further their efforts from the 2020 election, uh, that they're still saying that they did the best that they could. Obviously, we believe as though it's one sided. Uh, I think some of us believe as though it was more one sided than the other. 
They touted the fact that they had 270 white supremacist groups on Facebook that had been shut down in 2022. Um, again, we could decipher what white supremacist is according to the Department of Justice and, 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 and Facebook. Um, and essentially, they're just doing a massive crackdown. They've elicited 10 different independent, quote unquote, independent fact checker organizations such as PolitiFact, Reuters, factcheck.org, AFP, USA Today. Um, and ultimately, they're just going to keep furthering their control of information and misinformation, which uh, even more so today, I think, poses an issue knowing Zuckerberg was talking on the Joe Rogan show, essentially, of what happened with the Hunter Biden laptop in 2020. Right. So the question becomes, what is misinformation to them? That, well, that's exactly right, because there's a phrase, and I think it was also uh, the title of a Star Trek uh, Next Generation episode, Who Watches the Watchers? Mm. So, so when Facebook announces that they're going to crack down on election meddling, isn't this just a subjective determination as to what really amounts to election meddling? Exactly. And and we've been I've been doing a lot of the interviews specifically about this subject. And People go, well, well, how can you improve it? What can make it better? First off, I don't think there is anything. I think we have to kind of accept the fact that Facebook uh, is, is in the pocket of the Department of Justice and probably the Biden administration. But why not give a fair a fair break of it? Have and I'm sure bright parts of the world, epic times of the world would love to have their hand in creating uh, a, a little bit of an outline like, hey, it's got to be agreed to by both sides. It's not going to happen. But when we're not watching the overlords, you can see what will happen. And the mm -hmm. FBI, according to Zuckerberg, the FBI directed Facebook to make sure that Russian misinformation and getting the last election. He stumbled over the words, but he hinted pretty heavily that was the Hunter Biden laptop story, which would have been, as, as polls have shown, would have been a game changer leading up to the previous election. So I think we're about to be facing much the same with 2020 coming into these midterm elections. Well, we're talking to political analyst Anthony Russo, host of the new podcast, Blunt Force Discussion. And Anthony, uh, everyone knows uh, that the First Amendment freedom of speech only applies to government action, not the actions of private companies. But I don't know if you've been following the lawsuit that's filed by the Missouri Attorney General, Eric Schmidt, against the White House, alleging uh, that the uh, that the White House has colluded and continues to collude with social media companies uh, to censor speech, which, if proven, would mean that they are really acting at the direction of the federal government. You alluded to that just a moment ago. Uh, have you been following that lawsuit at all? I haven't been following the lawsuit probably as much as you have, as I know that you're a lawyer. But it, it fall. It, I, I know what you're talking about. I've seen it. Um, it falls under the exact same category where you're looking at a company like Facebook that is clearly in – people always use the phrase, well, they're a, they're a private company. They're allowed to do what they want. I think when we look at stuff, and I think that's why the lawsuits are starting to come up, If we, and Chad Prather was one of them in Texas that actually sued Facebook and won. There is an overreach, uh, an egregious overreach of their power, knowing the fact that they are the, the town square, Twitter, mm -hmm. Facebook, sure. et cetera. This is where people get their information. And based on what that lawsuit, I'm assuming, shows, and I'd love, I'd love you to give a little blurb and tell me what, it, what exactly it's saying. Well, I'll, I'll email you tomorrow. I'll, okay. I'll email you a copy of the complaint and some of the ancillary documents because it's fascinating. Yeah. Anything that goes on in, in the social media world in terms of information, it was it's so different than it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, it was a place where there was little bits of information here and there, and we still watch CNN. We still watch Fox News. We still believe that that was where we're getting our information. People say, oh, I don't trust the mainstream media. 
So I just trust my friends on social media. Well, the interesting thing is social media is getting their information. It's just a funneled down system that starts still with mainstream mainstream media. It's just mm-hmm. all the same. And, it, and unfortunately, it's, it's a game of telephone then of multiple media entities that are just providing what they believe is information or misinformation. And unfortunately, the only thing that gets caught by the net is anything conservative. Isn't that interesting? That That's the point that I that I talk about with my liberal friends, Anthony, is I say, isn't it interesting that the only misinformation that ever gets censored is information on the right? Nothing on the left ever gets censored. How do you think that happens? And of course, there's no answer. But but Facebook and other social media companies, they blocked, and you even referenced it a moment ago, that early discussion of the Hunter Biden laptop story or or even the COVID-19 was leaked from a lab story. And all of those were censored. And there's others uh, which later turned out to be either true or or potentially true or perhaps substantially true. We're still trying to find that out. So uh, why can't why can't Facebook because they're fantastic at algorithms? Try to do things that are objectively false. Like, for example, if someone says, don't forget to vote, the election is November 1st this year. Okay, that's objectively false. But it's not objectively false that says, well, masks may not provide total protection against COVID-19 because of the size of the virus. Why can't Facebook do those kinds of algorithms? Well, what's interesting is, according to Zuckerberg on on uh, Joe Rogan, they kind of can. He kind of he he alluded to the fact that they're able to mostly have a, an AI experience that does cut that stuff out. One of the things that Meta did say in their blurb is they were going to prevent from the blatant misinformation of when voting is to try to make sure people miss their their actual uh, uh, election date and all that stuff. But they have, let's be clear, they've got the ability to do it. Of course They're they choosing do. not to. And, and you look at some of the other stuff, get away from the election, the people that should be getting caught before they're doing mass shootings and, and creating all these different things, somehow that slips through the cracks when in all reality anybody, any Tom, Joe, and Harry could have seen that these things were going to happen, yet ma- they managed to make sure that mask information is a little bit squashed. And he was very clear that they don't get rid of information. They just algorithmically shrink it. I don't know if you saw the clip with him and Rogan yet, but he talked about the fact that it was a significant amount that they that they squashed the Hunter Biden story. They allowed it to be shared, but they squashed the algorithm. And by the way, YouTube just yesterday uh, lifted their restriction on talking about mask uh, efficacy, which I had two strikes for that. So I wonder if those strikes will go away. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's a good point. Yeah, I've been kicked off of YouTube a couple of times as well. So we're in good company. Uh, we're yeah. talking to a political analyst, Anthony Russo, host of the new podcast, Blunt Force Discussion. Uh, you remember earlier this year, there was this atrocious Orwellian concept called the Disinformation Governance Board, which literally sounds like, I mean, George Orwell, if he were alive, should sue over that because it's mm-hmm. it's straight out of 1984. And yeah. And of course, the White House proposed this and then they scrapped it. What do you think is the political fallout from that? I mean, what are the pros and cons? Did this hurt the White House's effort? Did it help them? What do you see as the fallout from this attempt to create a literally a a truth bureau? I think the fallout is short. The the, the voter, everybody thinks in a short term. Americans think short term. That was long enough ago that it's already far in the rearview mirror. I mean, for God's sake, Eric Swalwell is still serving in our government, and he was with Chinese spy. We forget about things so incredibly <laughs> fast. 
what matters is the three months leading up to the election, and which is why I think the Hunter Biden laptop story was so important, that quote-unquote October surprise. So I think that's a distant memory. And right now, I've also been doing some interviews on whether or not the red wave will happen or not, and if it's in question. And, and as of right now, Joe Biden is touting the positives of his, of his administration. His approval rating, I can tell you, will probably in the next poll go up one or two oh, it points. Did it skyrocketed today. I read today it skyrocketed it? to 44 percent. Okay, so it did. I knew it would go up a few points. I called that one. I haven't you seen did. the news today. Yeah, so um, I've been hosting a uh, motivational summit. But anywho, so with that said, he, he he's going to be touting the fact that inflation has slowed down, and he'll, he'll say that they've stopped inflation, which it's still year-over-year year terrible. Uh, they'll talk about gas prices down, still year-over-year year terrible, but they'll talk about that. And people are going to remember what's going on right now. Now and they're looking at the the Donald Trump story, which all these all these Republican candidates are the ones that won their primaries. Ninety five percent of them are Trump people. Trump is now quote unquote un, uh, under investigation, even though it could be complete nonsense. The media that they watch is going to share and share and share, and they're going to be showing the fact that see we finally got them, even though there's no indictments, there's no real information yet, and it's all in question. So people are going to be separated based on their media, and unfortunately, right now, I don't. I don't I don't see a red wave happening. I do mm-hmm. see I do still think that the Senate and the House will take uh, will end up becoming red. But I don't think it'll be an overwhelming majority, which hopefully, by the way, will at least stop the student loan forgiveness. Yes. Uh, oh, my wait. goodness. Well, uh, you might want to catch the Odyssey dot uh, the Odyssey dot com app, because we're going to be talking about that in the next segment. We're talking, of course, to to uh, political analyst Anthony Russo, host of the new podcast blunt force discussion and anthony tell us about this podcast and where can folks catch it yeah you can uh, find it at blunt force discussion uh on youtube facebook uh instagram at blunt force discussion we've had some great guests we had uh chad prather officer tatum shemaine nugent some really big names already on the show you can find it in any of those locations fantastic hey thanks for joining us tonight on camo x st louis and uh next time you make it back home here to st louis give me a call Absolutely. Go Cardinals. Go Cardinals. Great to talk to you. Uh, Hey, when we come back from this break, we're going to dive into this student loan forgiveness issue, the pros, the cons, and even the legality of what President Biden proposed yesterday. So you're going to want to stick around. Brad Young at your service, X. Well, as everybody's heard... President Biden announced yesterday a $10,000 forgiveness of student loan debt for those students who earn less than $125 per year. Is this a good idea? Is it not a good idea? So joining us this evening to explain exactly what this means is Adam Kissel, visiting fellow in the Center for Education Policy at the Heritage Foundation. Hey, Adam, uh, thanks for joining us this evening on Camo X. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm an attorney, Adam, so I understand the importance of using precise words. And isn't really, isn't this really, it's not a forgiveness of debt or an elimination of debt. Isn't this really a transfer of debt? It is. So the money is still owed. And if the people who owe the money aren't paying it, somebody else is paying it. So it's a transfer from the people who made the obligation and agreed to the debt to the people who didn't agree to the debt. That includes everybody who didn't go to college and is still a taxpayer. That includes people who went to college and paid off their debt and now have to pay off somebody else's debt. 
and it includes future taxpayers, uh, future college goers who are going to be paying for the hundreds of billions of dollars of transfer that they're now responsible for. Yeah, it, to me, it's just mind-boggling that that the the majority of Americans with college degrees earn a lot more in most cases than those without college degrees. But doesn't this transfer of debt, doesn't it just transfer this debt onto people who never even went to college? Now they're having to pay for someone else to go to college. It's really a pretty sad situation, and and you've named it. It's still true that if you go to college and you finish your degree, you probably make around a million dollars over the course of your lifetime more than someone who didn't. And those are the people who are getting debt relief or having their debt canceled or getting the bail out, whatever you call it. And those of us uh, who either paid off our debt or, again, didn't go to college are the ones who are paying. So if you're a plumber, you might be making more than that gender studies graduate, but <laughs> you're paying for that gender studies graduate's uh, college education. Wow, that's got to make his day. Uh, Adam Kissel, visiting fellow in the Center for Education Policy at the Heritage Foundation. L- let's talk about fairness. How is this action taken by President Biden, how is this just a slap in the face to those like myself who worked hard? I borrowed all the money I could borrow to get through law school. I paid it off. Uh, But how is this action a slap in the face to millions of Americans who did the same thing? They worked hard and they paid off the obligation that they agreed to take on. How is this a slap in their face? Well, if you... The way you said it is the way it is, right? So if you worked hard or maybe you were in the military and you're on the GI Bill and you deserved that that benefit because of what you earned, or if you worked hard, and in fact, I just heard from a friend who said, I didn't go to my college graduation because I was going to lose my job because I had to work that day. So now you're saying to that person, well, here's another person who partied through college and maybe they didn't even finish. Maybe they dropped out. And they're going to have $10,000 or $20,000 of their debt forgiven. And that is a pretty, pretty harsh slap in the face. Yes. So, and, but that's not the only inequity, right? So it's right now a one-time program. So if you graduated in a certain year or have debt from a certain year, you get some forgiveness. You get your bailout. If you're the younger brother of that same person in the mm-hmm. same family a few years later, you don't get it. And you know how much kids pay attention to fairness for their siblings. Sure. Well, now say my older brother got $20,000 because uh, the Biden administration gave it to them, but I don't. And I'm going to have to work hard. And so then what happens? Maybe it happens a second time some years from now, right? Because we're not going after the core problem, which is the debt in the first place, how it, how it comes to be. How does it come to be? Well, government gives you easy money. So colleges raise tuition, and then you get more subsidy, and then you get higher tuition, and you have this vicious circle of tuition and subsidy, tuition and subsidy. So the problem is that the core problem is that the government is in the game in the first place, right? Absolutely. Easy money. Absolutely. And 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 you, you touched on this, Adam, but isn't this now going to create an expectation that every few years, college people who run up college debt are going to say, hey, all those kids in 2022 got their debts absolved and forgiven, which we know 
really just transferred to the national debt. But they're going to say, why can't we get it? Isn't this going to create a rolling expectation for essentially free college in America? It is. And it, it creates a moral hazard because more and more people will take financial risks on themselves and their education that they normally wouldn't have taken because they'll say to themselves, oh, the next Democrat president, I'll just get a, some more forgiveness. So I'll take this extra risk. So you might drop out rather than stay in college. You might take out more debt than otherwise you would have. And colleges will gladly take your money. So they'll keep raising tuition based on more people wanting to go to college and taking that extra risk. There's already far too much money going into the four-year college system with people who colleges know are not going to finish. With six-year graduation rates, Mm -hmm. at something like 50%. At a four-year college, you're still not done half of you six years later. So instead, uh, those terrible incentives incentivize people to go to two-year colleges or take apprenticeships or do something better with their life if they know that college isn't for them. Don't tell them that they have to go to college to be a good person. They don't. No, they don't. But but this also raises a, yet another issue. Of course, we're talking to Adam Kissel, visiting fellow at the Center for Education Policy at the Heritage Foundation. Uh Two of my three daughters have already graduated from college. My youngest daughter is a sophomore this year at the University of Missouri in Columbia. So I only mention that, Adam, to say I've seen firsthand how college costs every year go up three to five times the rate of inflation. And of course, they're building a new rec center and they're building a pool with a with lazy river and they're building all these things to cater to kids to, to draw them there. But if we're just going to eliminate student debt, isn't this really going to make students take on more debt if they think it's going to be eliminated and then give it to the college, which is going to have to increase those tuition costs? This is going to increase the rate of inflation on college campuses for the foreseeable future. That's been happening for decades, and it's going to continue to happen. In fact, there was a study not that many years ago done by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, and that study found that For every dollar of extra subsidy going into tuition, colleges raise their tuition by 60 cents. So you're automatically Mm. losing 60 percent of the subsidy trying to make it more affordable. And in fact, you're making college less affordable. And what you've seen happen, right? So my parents, when they were in college a generation ago at a public university in Delaware, which happens to be the same one that the president is from. Interesting. Uh, they were paying a hundred in the hundreds of dollars per term, $600 a term, $800 a term. Hmm. That was before we had these massive public subsidies going to tuition. I don't know what University of Delaware costs now, but nothing like that. So it's regular inflation. But then, as you say, additional inflation of college tuition due to the interference with the market from mm-hmm. the government. Ah, that's so true. Adam Kissel uh, with the Heritage Foundation. Last question. Th- this bailout, of course, makes no sense economically. I think Lawrence Summers, the Treasury Secretary of uh, President Clinton, even said this is going to add to the inflationary pressures. It's going to add to the debt. If you add to the debt, it's going to increase interest rates. It's going to affect everyone negatively economically. But there really isn't the bottom line of this is that it makes sense from a political perspective to energize younger voters 
to go out and vote for Democrats if suddenly they're getting free money? Well, I do think this is primarily a political move. Uh, What's interesting is that it's very risky because if you are on the farther left, you say $10,000, that's hardly enough. I wanted 50,000 or I wanted full transfer, full forgiveness. So he's getting a lot of heat, President Biden is, from the left. And, of course, he's getting a lot of heat from the center and the right who say it should have been zero. And then you have all of the people who say this is unfair. It's the less educated, less wealthy people giving up their dollars to the more educated, more wealthy. And the people who feel like they uh, were slapped in the face. So it's a real risk. It's hard to see which constituency really is. Uh, going to be voting for him that wasn't going to be voting for the Democrats in the first place. Hmm. And by the way, the whole scheme is unlawful. The, I have to add this before we close. The the government is relying on emergency powers uh, that were first given to the Secretary of Education in 2003, the HEROES Act of 2003. And their argument is that the Secretary of Education can waive any rule he or she wants for the sake of helping people recover financially from a national emergency. Well, at the same time, the president is saying the COVID emergency is over. That's why he changed the rules at the border. But somehow there's exactly $10,000 worth of economic harm for all the people who have student loans. And somehow it's exactly $20,000 if you had had a Pell Grant at any time in the past. So these are just arbitrary Mm made-up numbers that have no relation it's entirely capricious. It's entirely political, as you started the question with, and and that's how we should see this move. Yeah, and in fact, later on in the show, I'm going to be breaking down the concept, the constitutional law concept of the major questions doctrine, meaning, and we've seen the Supreme Court this last term address this many, many, many times, that agencies cannot unilaterally take action unless they're given specific direction by Congress, and that clearly hasn't happened here. Adam Kissel, if folks want to follow what you write, uh, where can they find you online? Hello. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm just asking if folks want to follow what you write online about this issue and other education-related issues, where can they find you? They should go to heritage.org, and they could also go to the Cardinal Institute for West Virginia Policy, where I'm a senior fellow. And either of those places, you'll be able to find where I am and start yep. to see some of the things I've written. Fantastic. Adam Kissel with the Heritage Foundation, thank you so much for joining us this evening on X. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, do you think uh, phone lines are open? Do you think this is a good move? Is it fair? Is it the right thing? Or is this just a travesty of economics and designed solely to buy votes? Give us a call. Text lines are open. I've gotten lots of texts this evening. 314-436-7900. CamoX. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the last segment here in this hour of At Your Service. Brad Young sitting in. Glad you are with us. One of the things that Adam Kissel mentioned from the Heritage Foundation that he mentioned in that interview in the last segment, and he mentioned it just briefly, but uh, how about how there will be some challenges to this student loan situation where they're just being transferred. Again, it's not a forgiveness. It's just a transfer of debt uh, from individuals to the entire country, including 
people that didn't even go to college, people that may not be able to afford to go to college, but now they're going to be paying for someone else to go to college. It just makes no sense. But in terms of the legal challenge to this, it's not all that complicated. Even Adam Kissel mentioned it. There's something called the HEROES Act. And this HEROES Act goes back to 2003. And it states that in a time of national emergency, the Department of Education can, under certain circumstances, and there's a long list of of circumstances in this statute, they can pause or eliminate debt. So the question is going to be, is that a sufficient delegation of authority? Now, why do you, I don't want to dive too deeply into this. This is, uh, this is not constitutional law 101 here, but it's very simple. Here's the concept. It's called the major question doctrine. And it's essentially this. It's in situations where administrative agencies act, did they have the congressional authority to do what they're doing? Now, this makes a lot of sense if you think about it, because Congress makes the law and the executive branch enforces the law. We had the exact same problem here in St. Louis County, where the the county executive, Sam Page, was unilaterally taking action, closing businesses, responding in a in a very draconian way to the pandemic in a way that the county council, the legislative body of St. Louis County, never authorized. And those were challenged repeatedly. And in fact, I believe Eric Schmidt won a majority of those. So it's not that these rules are necessarily or these issues that they're trying to advocate are necessarily bad or are good. It doesn't matter. What matters is, does the agency have the authority to act? Because if they don't, that's tyranny. And if you look at what the Supreme Court did this very term, the mask mandate for airlines, the vaccine mandate through OSHA, the eviction moratorium, and even uh, as recently as June 30, where the court struck down EPA rules with regard to Clean Air Act, those were designed to make sure that Congress delegates authority. And this case will be challenged on that basis to see if Congress intended. Even Nancy Pelosi said Congress never intended uh, the president to do this. She said that as recently as April. So we'll be testing that in the courts this next term to see if, in fact, that once again, Biden is going off acting rogue in a way that's unconstitutional. Brad Young at your service. Coming up next hour. Phone lines open the most of the hour, 314-436-7900, KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
Sports. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.